0: A reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listening to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary, and Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. The Gospel of the Lord. Our Father, uh, we were gathered here today um, because uh, we want to see you. Um, some of us are curious about you. Some of us have followed Jesus for many years. Uh, some of us are, are just maybe barely hanging on through, through this time in life. And, and some of us are maybe just coasting along in this time of life. And we ask that uh, no matter where we are, um, that you would uh, show us uh, yourself. Um, that we would see Jesus as we look into your word. That you'd teach us how to follow you pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, you can turn in your bulletin uh, or in your Bible, uh, if you have one, uh, to our scripture reading uh, from Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. So uh, we're going through, uh, over the next three weeks or so, uh, some of the lectionary readings uh, for this church season. Um, And I realized, um, like, not all of us are familiar with uh, what lectionary readings are. It's kind of a, a way that we read through all of the Bible um, in, in an organized way uh, daily, and so um, at this part of the church here on Sundays, we're we're right in the middle of Luke. It's, it's kind of a, a very specific section of Luke's gospel, so it's maybe a little bit weird to jump into it right here, but but uh, I think it's, it's, it's a, a rich, rich uh, part of uh, Jesus's life and ministry that, that we're looking into. Our, our passage uh, starts by telling us that Jesus and his disciples enter a village as they went on their way. Uh, they went on their way. Um, it, it means that we're, we're picking up the narrative right in the middle of a journey. And this journey starts uh, way back uh, in Luke chapter 9, the chapter before this. If you have a Bible, um, you can turn quickly back to, to Luke nine fifty one. There we're told that uh, when, the, when the days drew near for him, for Jesus, to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. To be taken up, um, it's a, ref, a reference to Jesus' ascension into heaven which is the very last event recorded in Luke's gospel. It's drawing our attention to what's going to happen in the future after Jesus dies and is raised from the dead. It's interesting that even right here in the middle of Luke's telling of Jesus's story, Luke is pointing to something that emphasizes Jesus's power and authority. Jesus being raised up as ruler over all things. But before we get to resurrection and power and victory, Jesus sets his face to go to Jerusalem. We have here the beginning of a long journey that will lead to Jesus being rejected and crucified. And this journey actually starts off with a whole lot of rejection and confusion and what seems like a lot of uh, pretty harsh demands. To to be a disciple of Jesus uh, seems to be serious business. But even in the middle of all this, uh, there is a clear call to follow Jesus. It's a call that the disciples had uh, already responded to. And it's a call that's forcing people that Jesus meets along the countryside to make some tough decisions. And it's a call that remains the same for us today. The call to follow Jesus. Now, returning uh, to our passage... Somewhere along this journey, which is from the northern part of Israel down south into Jerusalem, Jesus enters a village. And we know from other parts of the Bible that the village is called Bethany. And he's welcomed into the home of a woman named Martha. And as we enter to Martha's home and meet Martha and her sister Mary, we get a glimpse of who Jesus is, what it means to follow him, and some of the things that hold us back from following him. And so uh, we're actually going to walk through this passage uh, in the reverse order of what I just said. Um, We're going to look at the things that can hold us back from following Jesus. Um, We're going to look at uh, what it means to follow Jesus. And we're going to look at who Jesus is. And we're going to do this uh, simply by looking at the three people who are present in our story. Martha, Mary. And Jesus. So so let's look at Martha. What are a few things that can hold us back from following Jesus? Well, Martha invites Jesus into her home and sets to the work of welcoming Jesus in. Jesus is a respected teacher, he's a rabbi, he's in her home. And there's a lot of things to do if one is to be a hospitable host. Maybe his feet need to be washed. Maybe there's, there's food that needs to be prepared. Maybe the guest room needs to be set up. The rest of his disciples are probably around too, and um, they'll need to be looked after. We don't know the exact nature of her service, um, but there are good, even necessary things that need to be done when someone's a guest in your home, especially an important guest. But there's something about Martha that isn't quite right. Verse 40 tells us that she's distracted with much serving. And she seems to be doing her work in a bit of a huff. She's doing the work by herself, and she seems to have taken issue with the fact that her sister Mary isn't helping out. And finally, she can't take it anymore. So she marches up to Jesus and tells him, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. She's expecting Jesus to take her side, right? And why not? She's, she's actually doing what's expected of a woman at the time. Uh, even a woman who's, a, who's following a respected teacher. Her sister Mary is not doing what is expected. Uh, that's what it seems like. So, so Martha's like, look at me. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, Jesus. But Jesus's answer reveals something of Martha's heart that she's not expecting. He says, uh, you're anxious and troubled about many things. No, wait, what? what? Like Martha's the one who's getting things done. Um, she's doing what she's expected to do in that culture. Shouldn't Jesus be thankful for the way that she's serving him? Well, so far uh, we see Martha is distracted. She's anxious and she's troubled about many things. Now, on one hand, Martha's emotions might just be revealing her dissatisfaction with what Mary is doing, right? I'm the one doing all the practical work of managing a household while she's just sitting there doing nothing but staring at Jesus and listening to him talk, right? I'm the one who gets things done. Her anxiety and her her unease might be because she's feeling taken advantage of in her service. Or maybe, maybe there's a bit of jealousy thrown in here. Mary's sitting at Jesus' feet, assuming the posture of a disciple. And We'll get more into that, what that means in a moment when we look at Mary. But staying with Martha for a little longer, we see that she has a desire to be one of Jesus' disciples too. After all, she is the one who took the initiative and welcomed Jesus into her home. And so so we come to the thing that holds Martha back from following Jesus, even though everything she's done so far indicates that she desires to follow him, to be a part of what he's doing. She's distracted, she's anxious, and she's troubled about many things. That's what's holding her back. How many of us are, are eager to invite Jesus in And then we get so worked up about doing stuff for him that we actually miss out on Jesus. Maybe we find Jesus compelling. Or we've seen other people's lives changed because they they found Jesus. Um, or, Or we've grown up knowing all the right things we should be doing, but we never find rest or peace in doing them. Now, what Martha's doing here is not bad. They are good things that are needed, but they're insufficient in themselves to deal with what we run from. Think about the state of Martha's soul. Can you relate to her? Distraction, anxiety, being troubled about many things. Does that not sum up uh, some of the very valid responses to a lot of uh, what the world is like that we live in right now? Right, we live in a culture where everything's at our fingertips, whether it's on our phones or our computers, or even in the city that we live in here in New York City. We throw ourselves into our work or we drift off on social media on our phones or chase the next adventure or vacation or a new relationship where we get wrapped up in dreams of promotions and money and fame Or, like Martha, we can throw ourselves into good causes, serving at church, uh, philanthropic endeavors, uh, caring for our families, even. But How much of that activity is a distraction? How much of that is masking the anxiety we feel with the economic and political uncertainty in the world right now? Or the dislocation that we feel as we're, we're still in this pandemic? or the hurts and the pains and the wounds that we bear from, from trauma and abuse and, and uh, all, the, all the stuff that's in our past. And maybe we're feeling like Martha, running up to Jesus asking, don't you care? Like, I'm doing my best here. And it seems like these other people aren't pulling their weight to make a difference in the world. Now, Jesus has an answer for Martha here. Before we get to that, uh, we need to take a look at Mary. Martha reveals a desire to follow Jesus being held back by distraction and anxiety and being troubled. Mary, on the other hand, uh, is is a picture of what a disciple of Jesus looks like. Verse 39 says, and she, that is Martha, had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. Now, we need a little bit of cultural context to, to really get what's going on here. Martha, in serving Jesus in the way that she is, is acting in a way that is culturally normal for women in that time, in that place. And we see that dynamic playing out when she's upset that Mary is not helping her. Mary, in sitting at Jesus's feet, is doing something that while not unprecedented in the ancient world, and not prohibited, except maybe in certain religious sects, it's it's quite uncommon for a woman to do. Sitting at a teacher's feet was usually reserved for men. And sitting at a teacher's feet was not just sitting there uh, gazing admiringly at the wisdom that's being dispensed and live tweeting hot takes and treating the teacher like some celebrity. The Apostle Paul, uh, when he was known as Saul early in the book of Acts, sat at the feet of the rabbi Gamaliel. Paul was intensely focused on his teacher's words studying for the purpose of being a teacher himself, which he did accomplish. And that's what we find Mary doing here. She's learning, not just for her own sake, but for the purpose of teaching others. She's actively engaged with Jesus, asking him questions, trying to understand what he is teaching, wanting to be able to teach others. And Jesus affirms Mary's place there as a disciple, as a would-be teacher. When he responds to Martha's complaint, he says in verse 42, Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. And here we come to the one thing that's necessary. Sitting at Jesus' feet as a disciple. Not just admiring him as a great teacher or seeking to please him with a good life, but learning from him so that we can teach others. Being in Jesus's presence, having our whole lives shaped by Jesus. This is a call for all people, for men and for women. There is something about the way that Jesus upholds Mary as an example for us all that's important for us. Um, And here I'm thinking especially about about the women that are present here this morning. Um, I know that for some of you, uh, you may have been in a church or faith tradition where you've been discouraged from following Jesus in this way. And I want you to hear Jesus, to see Jesus inviting you to ask him questions, to wrestle with the words of the Bible, to engage in study and theology, to be his disciple. And that's for us guys, too. That's for all of us. That's part of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. Now, all that being said, the active everyday things that Martha does are not unimportant. Throughout church history, uh, people have pointed to Martha as an example of the active life, of serving Jesus in the everyday activities that are common to all of us, work, cooking, eating, washing, serving. And those same people have pointed to Mary as an example of the contemplative life, looking to Jesus in study and worship and prayer. We need them both, but we need them to be integrated into our lives. The elements of an active life, if not integrated into the contemplative life, that is, sitting at Jesus' feet and being made like him, the elements of the active life, if not integrated into the contemplative life, can actually become the things that separate us from Jesus. We can miss Jesus even if he's in the room with us. And that's what Martha's at risk of. So busy being active that she misses out the very thing that gives meaning and purpose to what she's doing. So we've seen how things like distraction and anxiety and uncertainty can hold us back from Jesus. And we've seen that we are all called to be disciples of Jesus. Sitting at his feet, learning from him, integrating what we learn into the rest of our lives. Now we turn to Jesus. And we look at who it is we're called to follow as disciples. How does Jesus respond to Martha? How does Jesus respond to us? Here I just want to highlight uh, what seems like a simple thing that Jesus says. Verses 41 and 42 says, But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Now, how we view what Jesus is like and what God is like is going to influence how we understand his response to Martha. Martha's name is repeated, and this is not an accident. There's something being emphasized here. How do you read this repetition? Think of your name in the place of Martha's. What's Jesus' voice like when he calls to you? Is it angry and impatient? Martha, Martha, come on, get up, get with it. Is it condescending? Like, Martha, really, Martha? Look at your sister. Is it exasperated? Martha, again, Martha. Is it dismissive or belittling? Like, Martha, oh, Martha, there she goes again. She missed the point. Oh, well, you know, some people. Is it disappointed? Like, Martha, Martha, man, man, I thought she'd get it this time. We need to be careful that we're not imposing onto God, onto Jesus, the voices of other people in our lives. We all have someone. Parents, teachers, siblings, friends, enemies, someone's whose voice we default to that plays in our head, especially when we're corrected or we've misunderstood something. So what is Jesus's voice like here? Well, it's consistent with his character. It's consistent with the character of God. At the beginning of our time, I mentioned that the journey that Jesus is on is towards Jerusalem, to the cross, where he will face death on our behalf. That he'll defeat death and rise up in power and authority, giving us the hope that we too will share in the resurrection. If we belong to him, if we're his disciples, Jesus is powerful, Jesus holds authority, but he's a good, gracious, compassionate, just God too. Listen to these words from Psalm 103. his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins or nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love to those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. This is the tone that he's speaking to Martha. This is how he speaks to us in compassion and love. Martha, Martha. Martha. You're anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary's chosen the good portion, which will not be taken from her. This is an invitation to Martha and to us to come to Jesus, to be his disciple. Come unto me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest, he says elsewhere. So let's come to Jesus. Let's leave the things that distract us, cause us anxiety, and trouble our souls at his feet. The one thing that is necessary is Jesus. He will not be taken from you. Amen.